Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thank you for downloading this episode of Kicking the Kariaki. With the Intersectional Feminist Podcast that aims to provide a platform to voices, stories and narratives that are traditionally ignored by the mainstream. Last time we covered reproductive health and chatted about the road to legalising abortion in the UK, what it looks like to get an abortion today and lastly how austerity is impacting our sexual health services. If you haven't listened, go back and do it. It's never been more important for us to understand our sexual health services and try and save them. This time, however, we are chatting about sexuality. I'm really excited to cover this topic. I'm really excited for you to meet our next guest today. Conversations around sexuality seem to be becoming more normalised within society, at least within the UK, which is great. Pretty much every business seems to buy into Pride now, which celebrates both sexuality and gender identity, which in itself is a bit of a double-edged sword. It's great to see things like this become part of the mainstream narrative, but I think also one has to question why. Why now? What's the benefit to these businesses and these companies for supporting Pride? What if they didn't participate in Pride? How would it make them look? So even though we are seeing more of it, I personally think that we still need to be having these conversations around sexuality. You know, we never really stop learning. And if we think we've sussed it, then we've probably actually got more to do. So with that in mind, it's even more important than ever to be talking about these conversations as more and more people are identifying as LGBTQ+. And for this episode in particular, I want to go beyond the plus. Right now, we're going to chat to Lana all about being pansexual. We'll be debunking myths chatting about the burden of coming out and educating your family. How do you know you're pan? What's the difference between being pan and bisexual? Do you need to have slept with people to have your sexuality confirmed? How do you date? Is there an erasure of identity and what's the impact of that? What about if your family isn't white and what if they're working class? How do these interact with your sexuality? On that note, let's meet Lana. Hi, I'm Lana. I am Anglo-Indian, so half English, half Indian. I'm pansexual and I'm also gender fluid. So my pronouns are kind of they, kind of she, just whatever I feel like, I guess. Other things about me, I'm a Leo. I'm also a twin. Um, I can't think of any other stuff to say, really. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us about sexuality for this episode and we are exploring pansexuality so let's open it up and define what pansexuality is i would say first that it's obviously different for everyone because all people but um 
I'll tell you kind of my version, but I'm sure if you ask other pan people, they might say something slightly different. So pansexuality, basically, obviously, the prefix or the word pan is kind of meaning all. So if you look at like, I don't know, pantheism or the pantheon or whatever, they're all, they're meaning all. So the idea is that you can feel attraction to kind of all or any gender. So that even includes people who don't really have a gender or feel like they're multiple genders at once or gender fluid or they might be MB or trans but that's obviously not to say that other people who don't identify as pan can't feel that way. I think a really defining factor of pansexuality for me personally is that I feel like you don't really notice gender so the way that I've experienced that is that I knew that when when I was growing up and first developing crushes on people, I never seemed to experience them in the same way that my other friends did. So I would never look at someone and be like, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to fuck them or oh, I wonder what their whatever down there looks like. I just, I never had those thoughts. So I actually for a, a while thought that maybe I was ace because I, I wasn't thinking in that way. But I always knew on the other hand that sex was something that was exciting to me and that I wanted to do. So it was like the idea of it was there but the idea of it connected to a person wasn't necessarily a huge factor in when I was falling for someone. So this isn't something that you woke up when you were 18 or however old and you were like, right, I'm going to be pansexual today. This is something that you've always felt. I've just always felt a lot of different attractions. So when I was really young, like, I don't know, like seven or something, I really fancied women like especially cartoon characters and tv characters that I would have like crushes on and be obsessed with and at the time I didn't really understand it it sounds crazy but at that age like did think about sex and like sexual things like not me doing it personally but just the idea of it and like hot women and things like that and like you know the stereotypical women from like magazines and whatever were like a great thing to me so you know if my mom would ever take me into the post office you know how there's all those kind of like dirty magazines I'd be there like wow and I just never really understood what that feeling was and then I don't think I had my first crush on a boy till I was about 10 um, and that was just a boy at my school I definitely went through phases of times where I'd really really like women and then times where I'd really really like men but I think a big theme for me was that I've always really fancied people who are quite androgynous and that's not to say that I like fetishize them or anything like that it's just it's quite a theme that comes up a lot like I've dated people who are trans I often fancy people who you know for example boys who are a bit more femme like take that as you will or you know women who are like a a bit more boyish like I just find that really hot so um it's always been there but I didn't actually realize that the word pansexual existed for quite a while my friend was on tumblr a lot and he told me about pansexuality and he also taught me about polyamory and I realized that there were both things that I really identified with so that was kind of the moment where I went oh this word sounds like me I went to an all-girls school and a lot of the girls were like you're a lesbian you're a lesbian just admit it and I was always like no because it's not quite right actually and I remember getting my first boyfriend I think I was about 16 and all the girls were suddenly like oh you buy now but I knew that nothing had ever changed for me and I purposefully not come out ever because there wasn't a right word for what I felt so when my friend Frankie told me that pansexuality was a thing it just sort of fit and I realized that that was kind of the place that I belonged to even though I had always thought that maybe labels weren't a fab thing you know it's it's fine to be unable but it was actually really nice to have a word that made sense to me what was that like then growing up did you ever feel 
confused. No, not at all, actually. I just really embraced it. Like, I was very like, okay, this is what this is and this is me. But I did have a lot of voices in my life telling me different things. I never went through a period of questioning or anything like that. And I I know some of my friends have and some of my friends still are. And I think a lot of the time people question their sexuality because they've been told that one certain way is right. And when they realise they feel something else, there's a conflict there. But if no one ever told you that you should be a certain way, I don't know that you would be questioning. So growing up, basically, my mom always said that... um, So she had had like gay guy friends growing up and um, she told me that gay men, they have no luck with women, so they turn gay. And then she told me just little weird like snippets. So I never got really told that gay people really existed. It was more, oh, there are men who sleep with men. And she sort of tried to explain HIV to me and it never really made sense. And she also said that there were some men who went out at night dressed in women's clothing and made it sound quite perverted. And now I have loads of friends who dress in a kind of gender non-conforming way and it's it's a great way to express yourself. And with regards to lesbians, my mum always said she didn't mind gay men, but she wouldn't want a lesbian to get too close to her. And I found out later that that was based on another story, which was that she had um, a teacher at school who everybody said was a lesbian and this teacher was just particularly creepy. So she'd obviously had these ideas kind of cemented in her head and that's all the info that I got Mm. so it was very much like I'd had these kind of weird ideas presented to me and then when I started having feelings for girls I didn't ever make any kind of connection between me and those stories because those stories were obviously so weird so even though I had been told or not told things about gay people I think when I started experiencing feelings for girls, I do remember having a moment where I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like, what's going on? Why am I feeling like this? But then I just decided that actually it was a beautiful thing to be in love with someone. And that was that. What kind of gave you that strength? I don't know. I think I've always had it in me. Growing up, I felt quite isolated quite a lot and quite lonely. And I actually, I always used to wish that um, a fairy godmother would come and rescue me. Um, And I actually had a mega crush on, you know, um, Glenda the Good Witch in um, Wizard of Oz. And I think that was my dream fairy godmother, but also a bit in love with her. Um, (laughs) But I would just be my own best friend. And whenever I felt really bad, I kind of knew that I had the strength within me to get through it and that I was going to have a better life later on. So it was almost like because I didn't really rely on my parents and things like that in in that way. Mm. And I think they told me, it, it held less weight because my dad was pretty homophobic as well. Uh, we didn't grow up with him, but he used to say that people were gay because it's something that happened to them in their upbringing, as if like their parents had done something wrong. So I dread to think what he must think now that he's probably found out that I'm queer. What's your relationship with your parents and your family like now then? So my mom and I have got a lot closer and I think um, she'd been through like a lot of trauma in her life and had not really processed it all. And I think looking after suddenly like me and my twin sister not expecting that her and my dad were going to separate and she was suddenly obviously on her own with two kids she struggled she really struggled and when I was younger I always kind of thought oh why is she being like this and then I obviously grew up and realized that you know we're just people trying our best but that's actually quite a nice thing because I can go okay do you know what you had your own thing going on you're a fab person you should probably get therapy <laughs> 
Do you ever feel obliged to educate her? Is that fair to yeah, say? Yeah, and I try to. So I kind of had to come out twice, which was weird. When I came out for the second time, I had to explain what pansexuality was. And her response was actually great. Take one, me coming out. I was about 14, 15. I was really, really, really in love with this girl in the year below me. She definitely didn't feel the same think she might have had a boyfriend and I was just completely broken hearted and I know a lot of people look back on being that age and think oh that wasn't real love but I genuinely was in love with this girl and it was back in the days when we all had like a Nokia 3410 nice. you know and you'd top it up with like £10 a month or whatever and that would see you through so um, I'd run out of credit on my phone and I said mum can I borrow yours and I was texting one of my best friends a guy called Ben I remembered to delete all my messages that I had sent but I think my mum must have received one back from him and read it. So in the message, he was saying things like, oh, you've just got to forget about her. And my mum came to me and she said, um, who's he talking about? Is he not over his ex-girlfriend? Is that what he's talking about? And I'm like, mm, no. And I kind of thought, oh, this is the moment, isn't it? I've just got to tell her or she's just going to keep asking questions forever. So... um I said to her that I was in love with someone at school and she went, it's probably just a schoolgirl crush. And I was like, oh, that's not what I need to hear. And I said to her, have you never had feelings for any girls? And she was like, no. So I obviously went away feeling like a mega freak. Like, well, that's weird. Um, the second time coming out, I think I was 22 or 23. And I just started seeing like my first ever girlfriend. And I fancied many girls before that. I just couldn't get any of them to go out with me. So this is the first time that I had one who wanted to go out with me, which is great. Really excited. And I called my mum on the phone because I just had to tell her, like, I, I really like this girl and she really liked me. And we're both kind of going to tell our families at the same time. So I called my mum up and I said, mum, I'm pansexual. And she goes, what? And I was like, no, it's a good thing. Let me explain. <laughs> so I told her that it meant that you could like people of all kinds of genders, etc., etc. And she stopped for a minute and she went, well, that's great because I brought you up to love people. I didn't bring you up to hate people. We love people. And she was so excited. And it was a real contrast to the first time around where I guess she thought I wasn't serious or whatever. But she was really happy for me. Sadly, it didn't last long. I think we went out for like a couple of months and I had to call her again to tell her that we'd broken it off. My mum was literally like, no, and was <laughs> really upset for me. So it was nice to have that support and realise that, she actually didn't think any different of me for liking who I liked and that was nice. What are some common misconceptions or stereotypes about pansexuality? Oh my god, well, number one is that we have sex with pans and we love pans. Frying pans, saucepans, Peter Pan, any kind of pan. Hilarious though it may be, it's not. Um, <laughs> it is still a kind of erasure and it's still like... No one's sexuality is something you should make a joke about. I suppose that just shows that people don't really understand it. And then I think the other misconceptions... People always ask me, well, what's the difference between pan and bi? Yeah. I think in this day and age, we don't want to say that bi people only fancy two genders and then pan people fancy all of them because I think the world's just a bit more complicated and diverse than that. And you can't really say that a bi person couldn't feel what a pan person feels. But if they just feel the bi level suits them better... They should be able to use that label. Other misconceptions, I don't know, I suppose 
it doesn't exist it's not real and people are like what is that it's not even a real thing and you do have those people going oh we've got so many genders and sexualities these days it wasn't like that in my day and it's like well it probably was but people just didn't have the right words for them like I'm sure people experience a lot of things and you can look back in art and literature and history and see that there were like ancient Greeks having orgies and things like that everyone got with everyone and even there's art of like people having sex with demons like what gender are they (laughs) so um yeah people need to just realize that actually it hasn't just popped up but I think you know access to social media and the internet and things I'm pretty sure the internet's only been around for like 30 years or something so of course we're going to find out new information that we couldn't reach before because we were only in our little circles of people and now we can talk to anyone and I think the other misconception I don't get it a lot I don't think but people confuse Patton and Polly and things like that and I happen to be both which is good because then I can explain both Mm. but just because you like all genders doesn't mean that you automatically want to get with multiple people at once yeah um so that's one I always try to explain as well people who might identify say as like bisexual right Mm -hmm. because they have only ever really thought about being with cisgendered people because those are the only people that they've ever come into contact with Uh but then it doesn't necessarily mean in their minds that they would like rule out like trans or non-binary people it's just because they've never trans people don't tend to be part of their community well it's funny I was having this thought the other day about straight people as well like there are the kind of straight and open-minded who would be with someone trans as long as it was the opposite sex but they you know you don't know obviously what they've got physically you just know that they look like the gender you fancy so the willingness to actually date someone trans makes you may be different to someone who is straight and definitely wouldn't do that Mm. so that's I think that's just a personal thing like you can't use the labels and boxes that we have for everything like they're just the best that we've got yeah like language almost hasn't caught up to everything that exists and I don't know that it ever will because obviously things are fluid and they change and they shift and people are just people and some of us feel certain ways and some of us feel other ways and you can't possibly exactly know what another person is feeling ever because you only know your feelings so to try and give that a name is never going to be easy and I think people have obviously developed names for things based on oh I feel this and you feel this similar thing so we're both this but it's never going to be 100% accurate yeah so maybe there will be a word for it at some point but yeah, I don't know that there is one yet. Yeah. Our language and our understanding of things is constantly evolving. You know, as soon as you think that you've got something nailed, it'll probably change, as it should. Yeah. You know, because our understanding does change. And I think the boundaries of those labels can also widen. So, for example, you know, like, like I said earlier, a lot of people would have said in the past and maybe still do now that bisexual means you fancy men and women because bi means binary, whatever, or bi means two. And now people are starting to change that definition or that definition is evolving because you need to include other people within that bracket. So there are obviously bi people out there who do feel attraction to, yeah, like people who are trans and non-binary, etc. And you can't exclude them. They can still be bi if they want or if they feel that they are. So... Yeah, I think already we can see some kind of changes there. But the word is still the same. So it's so really hard, I think, to explain these things. And I think, yeah, someone who's not really in the queer community like us would probably maybe have a time wrapping their head around it. But I think you just have to remind people that it's a 
a person by person kind of basis everybody's different and ask them about their experience obviously don't hound them like if they don't want to talk about their sexuality leave them alone but um you know it's it's more about individual experiences you mentioned that you are pan and you're also poly Mm -hmm. what is dating like for you then is this something that you feel you have to be like full disclosure before you go on dates or personal to you a funny question because i don't do dating i've never done it i've never gone oh, I'm going to go on a date with yeah. someone. That has just never happened for me. And I find it very, very weird. So like, you know, this whole culture of like Tinder and stuff like that, totally, totally weird to me. Like the idea that you sort of find someone and you think, oh, they seem nice. I want to try them out to see if I should then be their partner and have maybe a whole life with them and maybe marry them. It's so weird to me, like, because you meet up with this person and there's already an expectation and a pressure. So that already makes it like really awkward and then I think a lot of people if the date doesn't go well or if they don't get a kiss or something which also why are you expecting someone to kiss you that's so weird then they think oh the date's gone badly or it's gone wrong and then you know a lot of people think it's their own fault and in my mind it's just like fancying someone is just this sort of spark inside you right and it it's not about what they did or didn't do it's your feeling that you had so I think people look at dating and rejection in a really funny way because it's not like, oh, if I was skinnier, this person might fancy me, or if I was prettier, this person might fancy me, or if my hair was nicer. You can't make someone have that feeling. They just do or they don't, and it's inside them, and it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. So, yeah, I've always like just totally stayed away from the dating world, not really on purpose, but more because I have just always naturally met someone and ended up going out with them, and it's always just happened in a really flowing way. So my partner, who I'm with at the moment we met at a mutual friend's birthday party and we spoke for like five minutes he talked at me about cats he was very drunk and I thought great I'm gonna go and then he just added me on Facebook and and we just talked for a few weeks by message and then one night I was like so I come over I'm really bored and there was again no expectation we just talked and it was just really lovely and you know we just kept hanging out um so the idea that I you know, would have done it a different way, like met someone and gone, oh, well, we should go out to dinner and see if we want a date. Like, I just find that so strange. So, yeah, in terms of how a pan person might date or a poly person might date, I can't fully answer that. But I would say normally when I've done poly relationships, I've been kind of the one who's already in a, they call them primary and secondary relationships and stuff. And I don't really like those terms because it kind of makes like, it makes it sound like one person's more important than the other. But bear with me on it. So say a few years ago, I had a partner who I lived with. So primary, because obviously we've been together a while, we're serious, la la la. And then I was actually performing in a show and there was a girl in the audience who was really cute and we had mutual friends and started talking to her and then we started kind of seeing each other. And I would say that, yeah, the full disclosure thing definitely happens, like because someone consenting to being with you, knowing that you're with another person is very different to consenting to being with you and just you and some people are comfortable with it and some people aren't and I think some people might say they're comfortable with it but aren't sure how to deal with it as well so sometimes there's a level of discussion there well I think there always is if you're poly I think it's important to just be honest about your needs and like the boundaries you want to set and then make sure you find out theirs and come to some kind of agreement on it because at the end of the day you just obviously want to be in a relationship with the person or people and you want everyone to be happy and for it to work so I think what I tend to do is 
if I meet someone and I know that I would definitely want to be with them, then I would talk to them. But if, I don't know, if I met someone randomly and on the first day we happened to get on, I wouldn't tell them straight away because then it's almost like you're expecting them to go out with you at some point. You know what I mean, right? Mm, yeah. So I wouldn't be like, by the way, I have a boyfriend because that just sounds really weird. <laughs> yeah. As well as being pansexual, there will be a whole host of stereotypes and issues to deal with also being polyamory. Do people ever call you out for being greedy? I haven't had that, but I've seen a lot of people voice those kinds of opinions online. I did have a girl be really scathing to me about it. So um, I was at a house party and it was this this girl that I knew who was like from Romania and she said that she'd come from a really like conservative family and, and she was bisexual and she'd been married to a man and she divorced him and it was like bringing shame on the family. And so the family weren't happy she was bi, they weren't happy about this divorce, but she was like, my parents knew how unhappy I was in this marriage. Like, they should have just stood by me instead of trying to kind of save face, I suppose. So she made the decision and she moved over to London. And one of her friends, who's also from a similar community in Romania, was at this party. And like I said a few words to her, we chatted about things. She started telling me about her boyfriend and how they lived together, la la la. And she said, do you have a boyfriend? And I said, yes. And she said, why don't you live with him? It wasn't even, do you live with him? I was like, oh, why don't you? I was like, okay, I can either say, well, I don't want to. <laughs> I'd actually just moved into my house at the time, was very happy. Or I could say, well, we've only been together a year at that point. It's too soon for me. Or I could tell her about being poly. So I just came out with it and I was like, actually, my partner's got another partner. Um, they've been together a really long time. So he doesn't live with her either. We all live separately, but it obviously couldn't, we couldn't live together. Not that I want to anyway, but yeah. that's the main reason. She just suddenly like completely flipped. She was like, oh my God. She was like, you're really pretty and really interesting. Like you deserve a boy of your own. You could get anyone you want. Like, why are you putting up with this? And I said, no, I want to be with him. And no, it, he's not cheating on his partner. There is a whole agreement here. And she literally just grilled me for about half an hour, like asking me all these really personal questions like, oh, well, you can't really love him then. And like, is it serious or not? What would you do if he got sick? Like, would you be there? Like, all these weird questions. And she was very, very defensive. And every time I tried to kind of explain that, no, it was fine. Everyone was kind of in agreement about this she'd then say things like well relationships aren't supposed to be easy it's like what what is your argument here she didn't even have one it was just such an alien idea to her but she was like we've all done it we've all been in an open relationship and it's wrong and I was like clearly you haven't I suppose she'd had an experience that wasn't great and decided that every single person goes through that so I think in answer to your question, like I've never really been like challenged or had any particular stereotypes put on me, but there were always going to be really narrow-minded people out there. Yeah. But, you know, if it wasn't your sexuality they're narrow-minded about, they'd do it about something else, do you know? Right. Yeah, it's a shame. And some people, you just can't explain these things to them. And hopefully they'll realise in their own time that everybody's different. Do you ever experience any kind of erasure with your pansexuality? obviously getting lumped into like the bi category etc is probably a thing but mostly I think because of the way I look people assume that I'm not queer it's funny because some people just know and I've realized that other people are queer because I've sort of seen something in them that I see in myself for me it's if I went to a gay club people would assume that I was a straight girl in a gay club I feel which is uncomfortable for me 
And in that case, I just try and act as queer as possible <laughs> or just throw it into conversation really early that I'm yeah. queer. I definitely get that feeling of wanting to take ownership of your identity, especially if, if you've worked so hard to claim it as your own and then for people to not acknowledge it or pick up on it. It's frustrating. So does being pansexual interact or intersect with any of your other identities? You know, you mentioned that you are mm-hmm. Anglo-Indian. Does that interact with it at all or maybe with your class at all? I would say that Indian culture is not very uh, inclusive of any sexualities apart from being straight. And my dad is the one who's Indian, my mom's English. And as I mentioned, my dad does have some kind of homophobic ideas. But I have realised that the rest of my family on that side are really open-minded and a like, couple of them have actually messaged me to be like, oh, what you're doing is really cool. You know, they've read some of the pieces that I've written and they're just like, keep being you, which is great. But I think the older people in the family or the ones who actually were born in India but came over here might have slightly different ideas whereas you know my cousins are all kind of around my age and they grew up in the UK and were born here. Indian culture is very strange it's basically like you don't hang out with boys you don't date anyone like you don't even go for sleepovers around girls houses either like you just you don't you live at home until you meet someone and then you get married so it's like you have to be completely like pure and virginal and not date anyone and then one day you kind of just bring someone home and say oh this is my friend and then you go get married and everyone's fine with it and it's so weird it's like so your parents expect you to not date anyone but then you suddenly somehow have to meet someone and there is a big pressure of oh why aren't you married yet why don't you have babies like I want grandchildren you know and things like that there's a real like cultural barrier to just being able to be yourself and express yourself when there's loads of expectations put on you. Mm. And I think it's just because, like, being Asian, there's a big thing about respect and respecting your elders and carrying on the family legacy and things like that. And, you know, everyone has, like, a lot of kids and it's just expected of you. It's not very easy for me to express myself around my culture, but I'm also not very connected to my culture because, as I said, my parents are separated, so I don't Mm. don't see my dad I don't speak to him so it's actually I think a blessing because it means that I can just be myself yeah and I don't have to hide it you mentioned class as well I came from like a real like working class background so we literally lived on a council estate my mom always said that um you know she was a single mum bringing up the two of us and she didn't work and she was like clearly like not having a great time with her health and her mental health as well my mom was on benefits so I have like really experienced like living in in that world and being around people who maybe have never like moved outside of their little community like on the estate and things like that and they haven't really met anyone that different to them. I definitely didn't really meet that many queer people until I went to like secondary school and then there was a handful. A lot of people who are better off come from other communities where they're in a different type of bubble where everything's fine you know they've got loads of money and all their friends go to the country club and ride their horses and they're all married and things basically I'm saying this because I used to date someone who who came from that like really well-off world and his uncle knew that I worked for an LGBT charity and he was like oh why do gay people need rights like they've got the vote haven't they like the marriage thing you know what else do they need and you don't realize that there's kind of microaggressions that go on all the time in everyday life I've definitely experienced kind of like being with a girlfriend in the street and a man has yelled something 
explicit, like, can I join in, etc. So, yeah, it's weird. I think on all levels, there is something that can be a barrier in terms of class. So then moving on to allyship, how can we be allies to people who who are pansexual? Okay, well, in my mind, I think the first rule of allyship is not to assume. So, you know, don't look at someone and assume they must be X, Y or Z, like be it gender or sexuality or whatever. You just, you can't know everything about someone. So be open-minded. And I think following on from that, obviously don't be afraid to ask. Obviously do it in a nice way and don't be too intrusive and gauge if they don't want to speak about it. But I think a lot of people are afraid to ask about pronouns and things like that. Obviously with my sexuality, that's different to my gender. So different questions there. But um, I know that some people have, have come to me and said, well, do you ask someone their pronouns or is that offensive? And I guess they might think it's offensive because if you're asking, that means that they're not giving off maybe the one that they desire and therefore it could sound invalidating. But I think the fact that you've asked shows that you can tell that there, there may be some kind of gender non-conforming or whatever. So it's an acknowledgement, actually. And secondly, I think it's just really important to just normalise asking people's pronouns because it's polite. Like, if you ask someone what they'd like to be called that's literally a really kind thing to do. I mean, it's not really any different to asking someone their name. What do you like to be called, you know? So I think that's a really important one. I think the other thing for allies is like, as much as you can and as safely as you can, do try and vocally support people that are in the LGBT community or in that kind of sphere. I know sometimes it can be hard to stand up for people in case you might get some abuse or you might just think you sound like an idiot and often I think a barrier to being vocally supportive is that maybe someone doesn't feel they know enough so that comes back to the whole thing of just asking questions to your friends and you can even prefix it with like sorry if this is a bit of a weird question but or you know I've just been wondering this do you mind answering probably your friends will be fine with it and if they're not then you know leave it but um I think yeah as much as you can just kind of support in ways like If you hear someone say something like, oh, why is he dressed like that? Or, oh, that guy's clearly gay. Just, like, stop them. Like, you can even say, oh, that's not really a nice thing to say. Oh, that's not cool. Sometimes I try and maybe explain a bit more, like, oh, maybe he just wants to dress like that. Or, actually, I think that looks really cool. But, yeah, I think there's obviously a balance. Like, say it to the people that you you feel safe saying it to. But I definitely didn't know certain things until people told me. Mm. Like, an ex-girlfriend of mine explained feminism and, like, oppression and things to me and I never understood them until she told me. And another thing is, like, I, you know, because of where I grew up, people threw around racial slurs a lot and my sister and I were subject to like racist abuse because we were brown and the other people on the estate were not brown and so for years I didn't know that it wasn't okay to say the n-word like because I just grew up with people saying it and then my mom was very middle class and her family all said it as well because no one had had that conversation so I remember I had some friends I think there, there was like a song on and I was like you know singing along to a song and it had the word in and they all just went dead quiet after I said it and I was like what and I wish just one person had explained why They just went completely silent and acted really awkward. That doesn't help. So silence is just really not productive. Keep yourself safe, but say something, explain to the person why what they're saying is wrong. It doesn't have to be a fight. Maybe they just don't know. I'd say the final thing about being a good ally is 
to kind of not pressure people to come out. So if you think that maybe a friend of yours is asexuality, don't force them to admit it. You've got to remember that people are probably thinking about this stuff and are going to talk to you about it in their own time. And it would be the same with anything, you know, like if you had a mental health problem, you might not immediately tell everyone. Or if your grandma just died, you might not immediately tell everyone. So it's the same, it's a personal thing. And I think around that, when your friends do start to talk about it or do come out, Firstly, like, don't make jokes, because that's mean. But secondly, like, respect them. Like, they might not want everyone to know. They might have only told you because you're a close friend. And also support them in terms of, like, for example, my friend who I mentioned earlier who's questioning, all her close mates turning around and going, no, you're straight, was really unhelpful to her and really upset her. And you don't know what the impact of your words are going to be, but you also don't know what other people are saying. So just acknowledge what they're saying acknowledge as well that gender and sexuality and things are fluid so if someone comes to you later and maybe their definition has changed embrace it like accept it like don't be like oh well you were by last week because it doesn't help yeah. um and i think just in life everyone is just figuring stuff out so you know sexuality and gender and things are no different and final question what are you working on do you know what I'm not actually working on anything mega at the mo. I did just have an article published in the Metro uh, a couple of weeks ago. I've got to say, I hated the photos they took of me. So don't look at those, but do read the article. It was all about labels and basically whether labels are useful, etc. And I did obviously touch on that in our talk just now, but I've kind of elaborated on it more. Amazing. And what's your Instagram handle? In case it's at Lana Peswani. My name is very long and complicated, but I'm sure you'll have written it somewhere around this podcast for people to see amazing perfect Woo! ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you so much to Lana for giving us her time and sharing her experience of being pansexual with us. I guess one thing to take away from that is that being pan is different for everyone and Lana's story is just one in a sea of many more. One thing that I always seem to take away from these chats is just how in awe I am of LGBTQ plus people and queer people of colour and trans people of colour and queer trans people of colour. Um, just the amount of strength and resilience it takes literally just to be you, just to exist in a society 
And that's real courage and real resistance in a world that bombards you with heteronormative narratives all the time. In other words, it's pretty heterifying. CC, Florence Given. And if you've listened to this episode and you've got questions about your own sexuality, I'd really urge you to explore different communities and open up conversations. Of course, only if it's safe and you're able to do so in a safe environment. And this is sometimes where the internet can be a good thing. Obviously, again, only do it safely. But speaking from my own experience, it really helped me find, you know, communities and answers that I was looking for. If you're interested in the work Lana does, she works for an organisation called Diversity Role Models and they go into schools and run workshops and educate kids on, you know, it's okay to be queer and seeing maybe people like them who are queer represented in society, you know, saying that it's okay to be different. One thing that they are short on is trans men, gender fluid and non-binary individuals. They're specifically looking for these people to represent the young people they work with. So if that's you and you're interested, definitely get in contact. And lastly, please let us know what you thought of this episode. Rate, review, subscribe to us. It really helps with our visibility. We also don't get everything right, so definitely call us in. We're always grateful for being educated. And maybe you've got some ideas for topics that we could cover or people that we could reach out to. Maybe you don't live in the UK or you're part of a different community and you want to see that represented. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And on that note, we'll see you next time where we'll be talking to an amazing woman about being a bisexual woman of colour. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 